Good morning and welcome to the drive. It is November 5th on uh, Sunday. <clears throat> it's 6.45 a.m. And praise the Lord, we got another hour of sleep. I actually slept a whole eight hours. My goal is usually seven hours a night, but eight hours because of the extra hours. So what a blessing. Um, but actually, the last few days, a few days ago, this platform that I post these podcasts on said I went over the allotment of minutes uh, for the month. And so it kind of cut me off for a few days, so I couldn't post anything until the like cycle thing restarted. And so now I'm I'm able to post again. Um, so I think I have been getting long-winded in my podcast. Usually, normally, the episodes are about 8 to 10 minutes, but I've been going about like 10 to 12 minutes. So it's a little different, but it adds up for the whole month. So... That's why uh, I haven't been able to post because literally they haven't let me post. Um, unless you pay more money. That's what they say, right? Unless you pay more money, uh, you cannot post until uh, it restarts. But but anyway, guys, uh, as we're continuing on in Ephesians, uh, I hope and pray that the Lord is speaking to you through his word. Um, Paul's continuing on and, and what he says, I love this picture. He always gives pictures, you know. Um, he really wants people to understand, so he paints pictures so they can get it. And Ephesians 20, 20 to 22, I'm sorry, Ephesians 2, 20 to 22, he says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. All right. And so Paul had some... Uh, let me pull out of my driveway here. Paul had some experience with building. And when I say that, I'm talking about churches, right? It's, it's thought that he planted over 20 churches throughout the region in different provinces and different um, uh, cities he was a builder he understood how to build and here's the thing you guys think about this think about the paul before he was paul when he was saul the religious leader he didn't build you know what he did his goal in life was to break down his goal in life was to go after the christians his goal in life was to tear down not build up and that's exactly what he did he went after people right he condemned people he was breathing threats on the damascus road he had a list of people he was going to go go get and take out and get out of the region he wanted to kick people out you know it was, it was he wanted to scatter it all all the people he was very much against you know what i'm saying just against and so he was saved when the, the lord radically during his radical conversion and going away to arabia for a few years you know learning growing i love the fact that after that point when he came back and started ministering full throttle his whole thing was to build to build the kingdom of god to bring Christians together. Well, to bring people to the faith, spread the gospel, that was like his main thing, right? He's like, that's, he claimed to know nothing but that. Like, 
even though he was brilliant, he knew a lot more. But he said, this is all I know. This is all I want to preach. This is all I want to think about. This is all I want to talk about. So yes, it was the gospel. But also, man, he, he wrote a lot about unity. About being built together. About cohesion for the Christian. Not just with God, but yes, with God, number one. But number two, with one another. I mean, especially in, uh, in, in Ephesians, it talks a lot about the fact that we're being built together. And like also Corinthians, you know, with the same body, but many members, right? We're all different parts. And God created us that way. And so he talks a lot about it. And I think that's important. You know, I've been to many churches. Well, I don't say many, but in my own experience, I've been to at least a few churches, whether in this country or out of this country, um, where the pastor's like, we just need unity. There's fighting here. There's cliques here. It just seems like not everyone's welcome. It's just so impersonal. People don't hang, you know, I had one pastor say, what do you do to get people to hang out, like to stay, to talk? And, and, uh, cause he's like, in my church, it's like right after the service, boom, everyone's gone. They don't even say hi to each other. They don't even talk. They don't catch up. They don't fellowship. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in our church people stay as long as they want. They stay a long time and hang out and talk fellowship pray with one another there's counseling going on not just from me to the congregation but from uh, one member to another they counsel one another they pray for each other that's why as i look look upon the the body of believers that that the lord has entrusted to me i go this is incredibly healthy this is so spiritually healthy and it blesses me like crazy because there is such amazing unity it it literally it is a family built up together and you know it's a really cool place now where um where the lord is having me raise up people to run different ministries so uh, my wife and i don't have to do everything now we have done everything for a long time right for six years i guess but or five years and now on year six it's like praise the lord got to build people up they're ready to go they have their own vision for certain ministries and i can be like all right and so i'm I'm meeting with people talking with groups being able to delegate and being you know really being able to see like okay you have this is your gift like this is what you're incredibly good at so you're going to run that ministry (laughs) and people are just stepping up taking taking the reins if you will and I, I absolutely love it as a pastor because what that leads to is not just me doing less, but it leads to growth so that I can focus on the things God wants me to focus on and others can focus on the giftings, the giftings and actions that the Lord wants them to focus on. And that's a beautiful thing. We're many members, but one body. And you know, when you have Christ as your chief cornerstone, as Paul the Apostle says here, Man, it's a it's a game changer. Because you're all on the same page. You know, the the cornerstone isn't a hobby. The cornerstone isn't a business that you started. The cornerstone isn't a anything else. Cornerstone isn't the family. Cornerstone isn't entertainment. 
cornerstone is Christ. And when the whole body sees that, knows that, and is working towards furthering God's kingdom and building, man, it's powerful. And I would say, sky is the limit. You know, God can work with the church who's built upon Christ and whose priority is the word. And I love that. I love unity. And here's the thing. So we want unity as, as believers, as Christ followers, right? We want, I mean, we're a family. It's called the family of God, children of God. And so, so what happens? Like, how is that unity shattered? Well, I think when everyone does their own thing. Like, we're not called to be, if you will, independent as Christ followers. Number one, we're called to be dependent upon the Lord, first and foremost. And number two, there is an element where we need to be dependent on one another. In other words, accountability, counseling, prayer, being able to share your heart with someone and having them not judge you and give their opinion, but have them listen to you and give, them, give you scripture. That's real koinonia fellowship. So unity can be broken if it's just so individual that you don't look to anyone else. You go, I, I do, I'll do it myself. I don't, I don't need anyone, you know. Unity is broken when, again, there's like little clicks. And I want to be careful with this one because, you know, sometimes you, you do have a, a few people that you run with, that you live life with that love the Lord and it's like you have those who are really close to you who pray for you, you you pray for them you trust them you know them and so that's fine you know that's that is a good thing <laughs> Jesus had Peter James and John with him all the time more than any other apostles but he also had the 12 and then he also had the 70 and he also had the crowds right but he had a small group but he wasn't trying to be like here's a click and no one can join or talk to me or listen or whatever but it's because the desire of Jesus' followers to be with him, why they were always with him. So we don't want to mistake those two things. A clique is saying, you know what, this is our little group, you can't get in. This is our little home group, and or community group, or life group, whatever you want to call it. Churches call it a bunch of different things, but this is ours. Yeah, don't let anyone in. Who wants to come in? Who's that? Who are they? Okay, no, yeah, they can't come in. Sorry. Like... That's the click mentality. That's an us versus them dichotomy. It's not a good thing, right? And what what uh, something else that ruins unity is judging. Just judging by the outward. Just saying, oh, no, no, no. They can't. They're not like us. They're different. No, they're a sinner in need of a savior just like you. They're a saint who's set apart for the Lord from the world and they love him. There's a lot of different things. I'm already getting long-winded again. I don't want to waste all my minutes this month. But listen, unity is so important. we got to work towards it. we got to build our lives on the cornerstone that is Christ, our churches on the cornerstone that is Christ, and build those relationships with one another, not just inside the church building, but outside of the church walls, right? Because we are the church. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Have an awesome time at church, and we'll talk to you soon.